So we're getting healthy again on the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. We like to do this every, every well, once a year. Usually we have Chris Johnson on. He's been on a lot mm-hmm. and gives us some health health tips. Yeah. We're going to go healthy again. It's it's still it's still somewhat in the new year. We're like, I don't know, six weeks, eight weeks, whenever this pop, whenever this comes out. <laughs> so it's always good to talk to healthy people. Um, and one of those people just opened up a new gym, Downtown Lansing. And we, we like Downtown Lansing. Well, we don't really, but we want we we pull. We want it. it to be better. We, pull, it. we pull for Downtown for sure. yeah. Lansing. Go Downtown. So we want this be to go. Be better. Well. <laughs> <laughs> We're rooting for you. <laughs> Let's go. A couple more reps. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> Justin Grinnell, Justin Grinnell of State of Fitness, uh, just moved downtown, um, just south of the uh, Stadium District building, and he is our guest on the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. You are listening to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. It's true, though. <laughs> yikes! <laughs> Don't yikes me. It was a. It was just a. A thing that I said. <laughs> that I regret. <laughs> on a podcast that was recorded. That everybody can hear. That was hear. sent out to thousands of people. Oh. Really? Thousands? Oh, six. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by the Rush Strategies team about PR and public affairs. Really? I was distracted staring at Joe's cold oatmeal. Yeah, well, it's here. He's got it on his, it's, on his it's desk. Always right here. Here. It's always here. And by the way, the, the, the ratio of like fruit to disgusting is like 1 to 10. I mean, it's got some disgusting stuff and some fruit. Yeah, There's like nothing disgusting. One part fruit. What's, what, what in there is disgusting? I don't even know what's in it, but it, it looks like cucumber mash and maybe a couple of chopped apple. Did you have Burger King for breakfast? What was your... See that! <laughs> <laughs> So welcome back. This is Matt Resch of the Resch Strategies team, and you are listening to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. We are, are chugging through our episodes here of season number six. Justin Connell of uh, State of Fitness is going to be our guest. Let me Before we get into it, let me go around the room, and everyone can introduce the, 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 the brave souls who have who've chosen to... <laughs> our, our team is still eight people strong, but we got the best ones here today. Ooh. <laughs> All right. I like that. Nikki O'Mara is here. Carly Buell. Joe Beshi. And again, this is Matt Resch. We are a um, public relations and a public affairs firm in downtown Lansing, Michigan. You can find all of these podcast episodes at our website uh, at reschstrategies.com on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the great places you can find all of those things and listen to our podcasts and check us out. It's the, it's the place to be. It's the place to be. Today we bring healthy, we bring a little bit of the healthy, we bring a little bit of, we, there might be a lobster sighting somewhere on the podcast. We yeah, don't that'd know. be really weird. Yeah. Would we? Mm. Lobsters are strange, but <clears throat> that'd be fun. But Justin <laughs> is cool. <laughs> Justin Grinnell uh, is with us. He is, yeah, he is a, a long time fixture in the Lansing health fitness uh, community. Uh, worked for for many years at, at various places around town. People probably know him, and he has moved his state of fitness facility from over in Okemos uh, to downtown. And we are in downtown. We want the best for downtown, and so wanted to have Justin on to talk a little bit about his new place and how things are going. And you know, it's always good to kind of kick off the year talking to somebody who's smart about being healthy. Yeah. So good tips, Justin Grinnell. Justin Grinnell, thanks so much for stopping by the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. I guess you just had some cold oatmeal, right? You said, I did. Yeah, so did I. Joe, did you have yours today? I did, not too long ago. Carly, <laughs> are you ago. into the cold oatmeal? 
No, I haven't been converted yet. Oh. But Joe maybe, makes her smoothies maybe instead. Maybe yeah. <laughs> I have my smoothie every morning. Oh, that's that's very sweet. That's very sweet. Well, <laughs> it's it's fun to have you here. Um, got to know you a few months ago. You're working with with Owen, my son. Um, but I was I wanted to have you on because you you moved your facility from uh, East Lansing, Okemos area, into downtown and. We're we're obviously located downtown. I wanted to get a little bit into that, but before we get into that, what's what's Justin's? What's your story? How did State of Fitness come to be? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll try to be, uh, you know, too exhausting. Not, about... not too broad a question there. Like, <laughs> sure, like, no, that's okay. Tell your whole life. You know, first, thanks for uh, having me on. You know, love doing this stuff. So, you know, I I was born and raised here in Lansing, and uh, you know, the short of it is is. You know, I was an athlete, kind of growing up, but I, I got into weight training and working out when I had a really bad injury my sophomore year. And so that, I just really, you know, it felt good to do that. You know, improving yourself, getting in shape, I battled back from an injury and played. And so from there, it just blossomed. I, I didn't know what I wanted to do my freshman year in college. And so I, I worked at a GNC and I talked to a trainer and he's like, you know, you can get certified here now. I, wouldn't, I wasn't out of college yet. And so I did it. So at 20 years old, I was a full-time trainer on the west side of Lansing, going to Michigan State and, you know, uh, I actually had interns for me that were in my classes at MSU because I got so busy while wow. being a trainer. That's awesome. Yeah. And so I just really, you know, if it made me feel good, I was helping people. I was doing something that was, you know, I felt like I was good at. You kind of find that thing. So I was real fortunate to do that very young. And uh, I went to the, I always want to go to the Michigan Athletic Club because at the time it was like the, it was mm-hmm. the pinnacle. And I knew Chris Johnson was there, a mutual friend we have. And so I said, all right, well, and he told me, hey, if you want to basically eat, sleep, and breathe and here, you know, you can get real busy. And so that's what I did. Well, I reached kind of the peak of how many hours you could work in a day, right? And so actually Pat Gillespie, funny enough, I was training him and his and his wife. And he said, you know, it's time for you to move on. You're young. You, you have, uh, you know, you're not, I wasn't married yet. I didn't have any kids yet. And he's like, why don't you take a chance? There's an open gym. You know, it was kind of during that 2009 time where the mm-hmm. economy's not good. And funny enough, my business partner that I first went into it with, we had our best years at that time. So we're like, yeah, we can do this, you know. And so we went in and took over, took a space, and you know, and started from there. And uh, is that the spot that was in in oh, that you yeah. moved, just moved from? Yeah, we were there for 13 years. Oh, wow. You know, about mm-hmm. about a half a month, a month short of 13 years. Okay. It was a great space. We got very fortunate. You know, it was very big. It was already built out. You know, unfortunately, someone had went out of business and. You know, we, we, we were good trainers and we took a lot of people with us, but we didn't know what we were doing in business. And so I was very fortunate to meet uh, my now good friend and mentor, Thomas Plummer. He is considered the biggest fitness business influencer in the world. Hmm. And we just became close and he literally told us to change our whole business model. So imagining opening your gym <laughs> and you have independent contractors and this yeah. and that. And he's like, if you don't change, you're going to fail. And so... You know, we're like, oh my gosh, we've got to what do were you, this. What were you doing that he said you shouldn't be doing? Well, in our business, you know, it looks attractive as a gym owner to say, oh, you know, I'm going to open the gym, I'm going to keep, you know, payroll costs low, and I'm going to have independent contractors as your trainers. Well, that really opens up a big can of worms of zero control, zero infrastructure, you know, zero, um, you know, stability. It does. It's not a very good business model long term for the business owner or the trainer. And so he's like, you got to stop that. You know, and, and we were doing just private personal training. I was doing group personal training and uh, also sports performance academy stuff, but none of my other trainers were. And so we changed our whole model to membership-based training. We were only like the fourth people in the uh, in the state to even do a business model mm-hmm. like that. And we totally changed. We had to go home and tell friends that you're no more contractors, you're, you're employees, and you know that, mm-hmm. that went well in some areas and didn't go well in the others. 
we changed our membership structure. I mean, everything changed literally overnight, like seven, eight months into our business. And it was a really good decision because it allowed us to, you know, uh, expand, allows, allowed us to, you know, monetize our time better as trainers. And so it was a real good move. And then from there, we just kept growing. And uh, now we have corporate gyms for Jackson. You know, most people know them as Jackson National Life. Here we have one in Tennessee, and then here uh, in Lan- they, well, it's a Lansing address, really. It's Okemos, mm-hmm. and uh, we've been there since 2015. It's a it's a a model for corporate that you don't see very often. You're going to see like at the Microsofts or the Googles of the world. I've helped open up GM wellness uh, wellness facilities for them, and it's nothing like it. They subsidize the cost for their employees to do small group personal training and private training. So, so do, you, do cool. you and your staff go in there and, and work for Jackson, or does Jackson have its own people who are you using under your under your direction? How does that work? Yeah, we're basically vendors. So we're basically okay. staff and manage it. So we don't own the entity. You know, They own everything. They build the facility out. They take care of the, the cost, the facility, and the equipment. And so we staff it. Um, for different tr- small group training times, they can depend on Monday through Friday about ten sessions a day. They mm-hmm. can also do you know one, a one-on-one training or nutrition and lifestyle consulting as well um, at a very you know minimal fee for the employee. We also have to manage the facilities, make sure it's upkept, and make sure everything's running correctly. There's actually two of them there. We just built one out in December, another one, and so it's it's a it's a real good way for us to you know see that corporate side. But, uh, but also, it was great for my staff to grow as personal trainers. Um, you know, in the traditional sense of personal training, let's just say, you know, Joe goes to Health Club X and he becomes a trainer. He's really going to be kind of on his own. He's got to find his clients. He's got to find people he's going to train. That's a hard, that's a sales job. And you got to hustle. You got to work 60 to, to get paid for 30 for a little bit. And that's not very attractive these days. And, and, and that's what I had to do because that's just the way it was. You had no other option. We provide infrastructure and stability and growth and things like that for our trainers because if you have X numbers of hours on your book, then that's what you have every week. And so they're able to you know, depend on that. Uh, we also offer you know, uh, benefits and, and you know, health insurance and things like that. And in my world, that's very rare. And so we're, I'm really trying to create that. And you know, I actually speak to other clubs about it. Because the average trainer stays in the industry two and a half to three and a half years. It's very short. It's usually a young person, usually a fit male, usually. And, you know, we need more diversity in training. Uh, we need people to stay in it longer. Because, as you guys know, you stay in something long enough, you get good at it. But you can't get any good at something in one to three years. I mean, you can be okay, but you can't be that, you know, next level. And so that's what we're trying to create. So your gym isn't the type where you just pop in, do your own workout, and leave. It's, it's more of you have a trainer or you're doing group classes yeah so we do we call it small group training so it's either four people and what's called our small group training that's going to be if you were going to hire me as a trainer Mm -hmm. it's very similar but yeah you're sharing the session with someone else that brings the cost down significantly Mm -hmm. because about four to maybe eight percent depending on where you're at in in the on the globe can afford private training you know it gets pretty pricey so by doing that small group model we bring the cost down for that the consumer but we're able to have enough money per membership to pay the trainer properly Mm -hmm. um so you open up your your demographic of people you can come to your gym and yeah it's you know you want to think it's almost choreographed right we moved to a smaller space and so we had to really tighten up our model so that when people come in, it's kind of like a flow chart. Everybody is in a different area training, mm-hmm. you know, on a, on a certain program, so that you know there's not just chaos at the gym. Is it mostly just like weightlifting based, or do you have different types of classes? Yeah, good question. So our small group training is going to be strength training based. That's kind of the heart and soul of our of our training. 
but we also have what's called conditioning sessions, and that's going to be more like interval type cardio, you know, kind of cardio that makes sense. You know, you can do, have anybody get on a bike or a rower and just crush them, but does it make sense? Or, you know, using the heart rate monitors, yeah. you know, so you're getting those those proper responses. I would not pay somebody to put me on a bike. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, ride. It's funny you say that because no one likes the bike, you know, because it's hard. It's like one of the air bikes we move the arms. But oh yeah, gets the job done. You know, one benefit is for that bike, you know, is. If someone's injured, it's something. It's a, it's easy entry. Yeah. You know, yeah. So it's really good for that. That makes sense. I always thought it was interesting that you were next to in your old facility. You were next to, and I'm going to blank on the name. Is it Crunch? Crunch, yeah. which is just the big, massive. Like everyone just goes in and does their own thing. Two yeah. two very different approaches to running this business. I would think. Yeah, you know, Crunch. You know, I'll tip my hat to them. They're the fastest growing. You know. Uh, fitness franchise in the world besides F45. They're kind of the fastest growing boutique one mm-hmm. um, that really came to fruition when Mark Wahlberg, uh, he invested in it and it came from Australia. And that's growing very rapidly. And then Crunch is really growing because it, you know, for $20 a month, it's a pretty good value. They've got nice, you know, facilities, you know, for $20, um, a little bit different clientele. And so it's great. But, you know, it was a Salvation Army before that. And then I remember your guys' you know, landlords here, they say, hey, we're bringing that in. And who could blame them? It was a 30,000 square foot place that it was empty. Mm-hmm. And retail, no one's going in there for 30,000 square feet. So it didn't, it affected our parking more than anything. <laughs> it didn't, you know, yeah. It, yeah. you know, that consumer doesn't want to come to. So you were there first. Gym. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. They've been there. They got there maybe a year or two before. Um, everybody kind of times their lives with COVID, right? Right. So like 2018, I think they came in 2019. So when, when they when they told you, oh hey, this is coming in next door, what did you like? What, what yeah. was the response to that? You know, your Thanks. initial response is like, whoa, kind of, kind of, oh no, like you know, kind of slap in the face a little bit. But it's, but then when you when I sat back and thought about it, I'm like, well, it's you know, it could be good maybe because we get more traffic there because it's just an empty lot, so you're right. getting more people at least more eyeballs yeah, seeing your see sign, it. right? Yeah. And you know, when people make that connection, you know, they they talk about it. Oh, you go to Crunch. Oh, isn't that next to another you know gym? Mm-hmm. So it was kind of good in that sense. Um, but you know. What I've really learned to do, I actually had this conversation with a, an insurance agent the other day, and my dad's in insurance, and they, you know, they're competitive, you know, and like with each other. And like, you know, I still talk, we have a guy, Scott Ebermowski, he's owns F40 or M43. He was a trainer and intern for us. He's a friend. He's got a different gym. I actually learned this one from Chris, he, Chris Johnson. He said, you know, the good and bad will weed themselves out. You know, if they're good enough and they're better than you, then what are you going to complain about someone going to them? And people are going to choose what they want to choose to do. And you only can do your job as best that you can. And, and if you can just focus on that, you don't worry about your competitors. So I keep an eye on our competitors. I see what they're doing. I read reports, but I'm not worried about anybody else because I know what we do and, and that's what we do good. So we have, I think when we think back on the six seasons of this podcast, there might be one person who's been on the podcast more than Chris Johnson. Because Chris has been on four times or three. Oh, nice. At least three. He's been on, and we, we've typically done like a little New Year's, a little New Year's uh, episode with Chris where he can come in and bring his wisdom and, and tell us all how we need to start the year over. So How to be healthy this year. How to be healthy this year for the for next two weeks until we quit. <laughs> yeah. um, so, but you had mentioned he's a mentor of yours. How did you get to know him? What, how, what was his impact on you? Well, I was like 20 and before I worked at the other gym and I, you know, I just knew, I knew the Michigan Athletic Club, um, even though I was on the west side of Lansing, I had friends that had a membership, so I, I knew it was awesome, right, at the time. And 
I just went and gave him my resume and said, you know, I want to be a trainer. And he's like, well, you know, you're too young. You have no experience and you have uh, no degree. So come back in a couple of years. <laughs> you know? And so I'm like, all right. We tell that story a lot. And he laughs and all that. And, you know, I'm like, okay. But it made sense. I wasn't ready. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and so I finally came back in 2004. End of 2004. I got hired in 2005. And they hired me. And from there, you know, he was really boosting his book at the time. And he was really, you know, kicking off his, his uh, corporate speaking career. So he was really busy with that. Um, but we still were able to dive into all the meal patterning stuff and just pick the brain of years of, of training and how to deal with certain clients to how to deal with certain business opportunities, whatever it was. And so that was kind of the beginning part. I actually I had his daughter actually as an intern for me as well. Um, so just over that course of time, just developing developing a relationship, and our our philosophies line up so well that you know it, it's it's easy to kind of go back and forth. We actually partner with them for Jackson. They kind of do the the wellness nutrition side. We follow that 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 model, and then we do the fitness side. So it's been pretty good. Talk about the the internship stuff because I I read about it and I heard you and Chris talk about it when you were on his on his podcast. Yeah, you started this program. And I tell me why you did it and and how it's working. Yeah, so I was I was uh, I think it was my senior year, junior or senior year of college, and I'm like, wow, I'm I'm busy, you know, for a college kid full time, you know, I was uh, doing you know, like full-time work at the gym like I need some help and at the time we had this kind of computerized nutrition program so I'm trying to file stuff and this and that I'm like, I need someone helping me and I'm like oh yeah I have to do an internship why can't I just get an intern you know from MSU so I asked my advisor at the time she's like I don't see why not had the owner of the club at the time uh, say hey I'll, I'll sign the affiliation agreement and then so I start having interns and what I saw is wow I can I can scale myself because you you're you you're one person you're one hour you get paid you know that that uh, that amount of money but i'm doing all this other stuff i'm not getting paid for so my thought was i can get someone to help me but i'm going to give my time to teach them what i know that's kind of the trade i educate them give them my time and they're going to help me with other things whether it's small remedial tasks or on the floor training but it scaled when i went to the michigan athletic club because i was running about 10 back then we called a boot camp you know, with 10, 15 people, you know, you're trying to help everybody at one time. I had 10 or 15 athletes training hockey teams. And so that's when I said, I need some people to help. After that, I said, I'm going to make a, a university, like State of Fitness University. And so now we have a full-fledged kind of, you know, personal training internship slash school where we get anywhere from five to 10 students. It could be Michigan State, Grand Valley, and CMU are our big three that we pull from. But we'll get people, you know, our age in this room, they're like, you know, second career, maybe, you know, mom's mm -hmm. done having kids and wants to kind of learn a new craft. And so we take those folks um, and we just, we say, hey, you trade your time to help us. And I'm going to trade my time to educate you how to be a good trainer, learn the fitness business. We had 450 interns come through. We've written a couple, you know, just PDF books on it to kind of hand out. And uh, that's our feeder system. Everybody has to go through that internship and that mentorship. And uh, it just made me a better trainer and a better better leader. So it's something that we really take pride in. They just started actually Monday. So, so the, how many of the so the team that you have currently are they all products of the internship program? Yeah. So requirement is you know, in and sometimes it takes people back a little bit. Uh, we have two tracks. So if you're new, no experience, no degree, that type of thing, you've got to go in our internship bucket. And they've got to go through that you know, at least 150 hours in 15 weeks. And there's a bunch of different assignments and so forth. But if you come in as a seasoned you know, trainer, say they have five, 10 years experience, bachelor's, master's degree, we'll put them in a paid mentorship. So it's 100 hours. We'll pay them you know, a certain hourly fee so they're you know, not sitting there doing free work. 
because um, we're not tied to the university. And if everything works out, they'll be hired. But we only put someone in that mentorship if we need somebody and we see some potential. Okay. Mm. Do you ever like not want to work out? Like, do you ever <laughs> do you ever get annoyed that like your job is to work out? Do you ever like want to just sit on the couch? No. <laughs> you don't get sick. No. You always want to. You're always looking forward to your workout. Yeah. Trainers are all positive and always like, oh, the upside. But do you, is there anything in your day or your weeks that you're like, I, I don't want to do this. This is just a part of this job that I don't about 20, like dealing about, with. About like, 25 minutes ago when he had to leave his office. Yeah, to I mean, right. yeah is, he's is like, man, a, I got to go to that podcast. Is there a part of your day that you're just like, whatever, I got to get it done, but I'm not into it? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. You know, I mean, because I, I play so many hats, you know, so when we had a different kind of system, and again, you know, 2020 kind of changed everybody's system, right? Is, you know, I was trainer and I was owner. I was traveling the country with my mentor once a month, putting on fitness business workshops. I was, you know, I had a really multitude of cool things I was doing. I had a lot of administrative duties handed off. Well, now, you know, I'm intern coordinator, you know, I'm HR, I'm a trainer. I train the trainers, you know, I, I, you know, pay the bills, you know, so on and so forth. So there's a lot of remedial tasks that you'll do. But, you know, over time, they just kind of become tasks and so you just do them. But do I like to do them? You know, I'd rather, quite honestly, I'd rather train uh, Matt's son Owen all the time or train all the, training is my love. That's what I love to do. But I spend a lot of time doing all the business stuff because that's what I'm responsible Mm -hmm. for. So, you know, when you're a brick and mortar owner in our business, um, you're going to have to be in a really certain area if you want to be a really hands-off owner. Um, or you have to really scale your, your business. And we're just not at that point yet. Um, and I don't mind it. I like it. So, but to answer your question, I never, I'm never still. I never sit down. I'm pants <laughs> in my pants. And people think I'm crazy. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I wake up before my 5 a.m. client workout because it makes me feel good. So, you know, Chris will probably talk a lot about this. I'm not working out for an aesthetic reason or a performance reason right now. I don't have a reason for that. It's just to feel good, you know, get my, my brain going, get my body going, you know, the, the effects of fitness. So it goes so far beyond, you know, what a lot of people are going for, right? They want to look better, but really more people just want to feel better. And, and that's why I do it. If I don't, if I miss two days, you know, I'm gonna get a little grumpy because you, <laughs> yeah. you need those, you need those, you know, for opiate, sure. re- oops, sorry, opiate releases from the brain to yeah. make you feel good. So walk through a standard normal day. Like yeah. You get up when, and then do just walk me through a day. Oh man, you know, so it was always like this, but it has been lately, and I don't mind it. Um, well, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I have a 5 a.m. client, and he's a good guy. So you know, for for client, you know, I love all my clients. Actually, I'm in a position where I, I can train, you know, people. I enjoy training, right? And so Nikki's I, been getting up at five o'clock the last week, but right. that's just well, because. Well, I came back from London, so I'm, not, I'm <laughs> adjusting. Usually, I'll get she up like 8:30. Wow. Well, you know, that's a little different reason. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you get up early. I'm getting up at Time six, change. though. Jet lag. You know. Um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I get up at yeah three fifteen in the in the oh what? Yeah, in the well, morning. What time you go to bed? Eight, seven thirty. Well, it depends because like you know tonight you know I got guitar practice and you got to take my kid to some you know youth group night and then we've got you know so you know don't hear this, Chris. So I get eight hours of sleep four days a week, but on those three days a week I get like like six. Yeah. So I'll get to bed, but I don't mind it. I started. My early journey, early in life, if you if you if you will, I started delivering the Lancy State Journal when I was like eight. I wanted wow. I wanted sports cards, and I didn't have any money. So the neighbor you had a bike sh- route. Um, I walked. Oh, you walked. Fifty it. papers wow. in the neighborhood, 
And I think everyone. I had the. Ex- I did the exact same thing yeah. in, Fo- in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and I think every person in America should have to have a paper out. Oh man, it taught me so much because that was kind of the, and then that spurred the entrepreneurial mind. If I started <laughs> yeah. doing sport, I started selling sports cards. My dad and another guy had a side hustle, go to sports card shows, and by ten years old, I was memorizing the Beckett baseball card monthly. You know what that is? Well, no. My, well, no. Carl, you don't no. Have it's a price guide. No. It's a price guide, and it's a cool story. Hang on. So there's a price guide, and I would memorize it because you know you're 10 years old. I mean, you go to a dealer, they, they rip some kid off, right? Or yeah. maybe if they're that type of guy or girl. And I, my parents would call me Mr. Beckett. Well, you can't see it now, but I have a tattoo of Beckett right here. It's my son's name. And so when I said the name Beckett, um, you know, my wife said, "Yeah, I love it." And so we named him Beckett. <laughs> and so. That's where I really started to think about business because right when I got into personal training, it wasn't about, now I have to say this carefully, I don't want to work for anybody, but when you're in a gym, you're working for somebody, but you're really working for you and your clients. Mm-hmm. And so I, even when I was you know, at the Mac and the Bean, I'm like, I'm going to make this a business. You know, I was like one of the first people, I think, to have a constant contact email in like 2006. And I was a terrible <laughs> writer and I had no idea what I was doing, but I, was sending, I found emails and just sent them. And I started going on, you know, I started writing for Healthy and Fit. You just, you know, the biggest thing I always try to tell trainers is, you know, do you want to be good or do you want to be great? Well, if you want to be great, find someone that's great and just copy what they do. And so that's exactly what I did. I saw what everybody else was doing. That's when the internet was really booming. And I'm like, who's successful? Who's doing good? They said, you got to write, you got to speak, you got to do all the stuff no one else wants to do. And that's really what it takes. But, and this so that's, is a, that's by 3.30. He's got that yeah, done by 3.30. Yeah. Oh, we lost, Joe's like, I'm we're still waiting for what happens at 4. So I, I, take about, I take a bunch of water and superfoods. And then I go and I work out and then hit the shower and five o'clock, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm training and then we, the day started. And then usually right now, I, I train about, I'm training about 40 people a week, um, just about wow. give or take. Um, and do you ever think about like just working out with them and, and sleeping in a little bit? Like, you know, I could just do all this stuff alongside <laughs> and just. No, <laughs> no, because I, I need that. That's, I don't like, so the tough thing about since being in this industry for, industry for so long is I like to work out alone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you think, oh, you want to get, I, I, if maybe if I had a trainer training me, I would, but I don't want any of my employees train me. And so I, it's my time to kind of think about the day. I'm really good in the morning. Like if, you know, you said, all right, Joe's like, all right, I need you to write this one page article and it's 9 p.m. I'm like, forget about it. Yeah. You, you don't have my brain. But at 4 a.m., I mean, I can knock out a ton of tasks because I'm just ready to go. Do so you work uh, out at home or do you come into the office and come into the gym? I come to the gym because yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll shower there and, then, and go there. But we have, we have the gym at home. Um, yeah, I'll hit that up on off days and, and do something real quick there to make it convenient. So let me ask you about the move downtown. Yeah. Because interesting decision coming in after you mentioned the pandemic before. We're, we're champions of downtown being down here. And, you know, we, we'd like to have places to go to lunch again <laughs> because a yes. lot of them closed. Yeah. We'd like to have some of these places downtown back open with people uh, for everything. But to choose to move from the Okemos area into downtown at this point when it's it's struggling to, to kind of come back. What was, what was your thought about that? What's what's it what's it tell people that you're willing to take that chance? Yeah, so I'll go off with the last thing you just said. I think that, you know, I thought I kind of was the person to take that chance, if you will. I think that, you know, I really like Lansing. Um, I've always liked it. Um, I, you know, a lot of people don't, you know, they talk down about it, right, sometimes. And I saw what was going on downtown. I'm like, it's going to happen. Like, things are growing. Things are going to change. 
and I wanted to be the first, you know, good gym down in downtown Lansing. Um, after I had that in my mind as a secondary one, but what happened was is we looked at our current facility. It was beautiful. It was great. But we're gonna have to put a ton of money into it to to just give it a refresh. You got you know things get outdated. They get you know beat up, and it just wasn't worth it because we didn't own the facility. And so I started looking all around down or in, in Meridian Township and there was literally nothing. I think I looked at over like 50, 60 places, but it's office space. Um, there's not a lot of big spaces, like five, six, seven thousand 7,000 square feet. And there's like, you know, 1,200 square feet places in the in between a cell phone shop and a subway or something mm-hmm. like that. And that's, we just couldn't do it. Yeah. And so... I came back and I actually trained Jason Kilday. He works at Gillespie Group. And he's like, you know, why don't we just take a look at this building again? And I, when I walked into it, I just had this good feeling of, wow, you know, coming downtown Lansing, taking a risk. Um, you know, we, we, we got through some other times that were hard. I know we have the bandwidth to do it. I know we can we can get this done. And it also spurred another challenge, you know, being in it for almost 22 years, it's like I need I need a new challenge. I felt like we were kind of doing the same thing, and so it allowed us to change our business model, because we knew we had a half broken business model. And I'm like, all right, it all just lined up. the The best way to change everything is to you know move, and so we just took the risk and we did it. So for people who don't know, where <clears throat> where are you? Uh, where where is the building downtown? Yeah, so we're off Larch Street. So if you're heading north on Larch Street, 154 South Larch Street, we're at Kitty Corner from the Capital City Market. We are right next to the Stadium District uh, uh, condos right there. Um, it's the old uh, Stamprite sign shop. I think it was built in 53, mm-hmm. I think it was, and it was really broken down. Um, and so my wife and I, we, we like to watch the whole, like, you know, revamp old places and type of thing. So that was kind of cool. And, uh, you know, we design, we designed it all. We had a designer help a little bit. But it was cool to create our own canvas. We kind of had to morph ourselves into what we already had. And so we had a kind of a clean slate. Um, you know, and again, mention this is I think what I've experienced with, you know, talking to other businesses or other mostly fitness businesses is no one wants to change because they're scared to, to tick people off. Mm-hmm. And we had to do that, you know. Uh, we had to change what we were charging. We had to change what we were offering. And no one likes change, And but it was the best time to do it. We had to do it. So it was going to, especially the move also, Matt, was I needed to provide a place where the trainers I have could thrive and grow for a long mm-hmm. time. Because we don't have a young staff anymore. We have people that have made a commitment to this industry and they're in their 30s and 40s and you know kids and all that. And so we had to, to do it for them too. Have you started to see, I mean, I'm sure you've been, you moved in November, right? Yeah. Beginning of November. Yeah. Folks from the stadium district, the other apartment complexes around town, have you started to, have you pulled from any of those with some new clients? Yeah, we have, you know, we, you know, kind of all around, you know, some business owners that are local, um, some of the people that are tenants of Gillespie group, uh, you know, and then other people from other areas that wouldn't have came before, like, you know, a West side Lansing person, a Holt person, uh, someone from DeWitt. Um, that you know didn't have the training opportunities in their towns, and so we're pulling from a different you know uh, demographic as well. So I think we've expanded our reach. Actually, it's tough for some folks that were in our area before to get there. You know, if it's a 15, 20 minute drive, some folks you know that's just too much for them. Uh, we're a destination place, so 
as opposed to, so to give you some demographic, if they're trying to join just a gym, just to go in, work out, you got to be within a five mile radius. So you got to kiss them goodbye, maybe three mile radius even. When you're doing a lesson, so you can, you know, for soccer, how many places are you driving? Everywhere, right? Yeah. There's nothing local, right? <laughs> he's probably already thinking, geez, why'd you bring that up? You know, so it's just tough. But if you see a service that's worth it, you have a connection, they're going to give you the, the results that you want, you'll drive there. You know, you'll drive there. So um, we don't need a lot of people. You know, we where let's give it perspective. Crunch operates on 3,500 to about 7,000 members, depending on the area, how big the place is. We need 200 members to do really well. We'll grow it there. 250, we're kicking butt. 300, we won't take any more people. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's a higher cost client. And so typically people are spending more money. They're going to go somewhere for it. Where if, you know, someone wants something cheap, they want it convenient. They're making their decisions solely on price. And mm-hmm. so we're not that we're not that place. So is this a good time of year to be a personal trainer? The Everyone shows up with their New Year's resolutions. Yeah. Is this a good time or a frustrating time? Because you're like, yeah, you're never coming back. That's I, a great or, question. <laughs> you know? How many times do people walk in and you're like, yeah, you know what? You're not coming back. You're not going to be back. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think for us, it's a good time because it the current people kind of have a little reset in their brain. They're like, okay, I've only been getting here two times. I need to get here three times. All right, you've been telling me to change these habits. I'm not doing that. I'm ready to refocus. So from that perspective, it's really good. Um, you know, And even from the, the clientele perspective, it's really good because you know, our, 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 just because our, our, we kind of price people out, basically. You know, someone that's going to make, and, and not everybody joins, right? We have a trial membership people tr- do, and they and it's kind of half the cost of our entry level. And once they tr- see the training and they see the prices, they know if they want to join or not. And so they commit, they're going to be there for a little bit. Our average person stays about 3.1 years, and that's what we want to try to get oh, out of wow, each person. Wow, that's yeah. a long time. Whereas the average fitness uh, place is going to be where, depending on what URSA shows you, URSA is, a, URSA is a governing body of fitness, seven months to up to two years, depending on the place. And so we have more longevity for someone to stay longer and pay longer. So, um, But to the what I didn't like when I was at the MAC is 10% of the people that are membership at the MAC come three days a week or more. That's it. So then all those people come, and so it is chaos for a little bit. So as a trainer, it was tough because I needed gym time and all that. So I've experienced the, oh, my gosh, here we go again. But I tried to change my mindset over time say, all right, well, it's just more eyeballs on me. And if they see me training, you know, I could potentially pick someone up. And that's how I kind of rolled at the MAC is I was like, well, I never asked one person to train with me. So you're thinking, well, in sales, you never asked one person to train? Nope. I just talked to everybody, said hi to everybody. And they asked me advice. I talked to them and just planted seeds. And then here they are. So I kind of, as I got older there, I'm like, you know what? They can come in here and if they leave, that's fine. I mean, if I get one person out of these 500, that's good. I'll take it. Well, it makes sense. I mean, if your business model is built around the idea of a kind of a personal relationship or a relationship with a small group of people, you're doing this together. It's harder to walk away from that than it is to walk away from a treadmill that doesn't have yeah. anyone connected yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We, I was a member of the Mac for a while, and it, my husband and I would joke like, "It's really busy now, but like two weeks from now, it'll." start dipping back down yeah. again and by march it'll be back to normal yeah because <laughs> people just sign up and then leave yeah it's hard to create consistency and that's the biggest thing in, in fitness is if you can you know you don't have to do a ton of crazy good stuff or work out crazy hard you just have to be you know consistent and that's the tough part that's the very tough that part for folks part. okay so i have a fitness question for you yeah <clears throat> and i think mainly it's because 
I fit the the mid forties dad bod character character <laughs> category. But my Instagram account <clears throat> is excuse me full of ads for intermittent fasting, nonstop. And does it work? Is it worth it? What does it do? Do you? I mean, do you? You don't diet, right? You just do the Chris Johnson eat health good stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, for yeah, for the most part. So I've I always try everything, you know. So you name the diet, I've tried it because and same with fitness, you know, because I wanna as a as a practitioner, I wanna kind of feel it so I can relate to the person. So I I always tell folks a diet works if you work it. So any diet can work. Most diets are telling you not to eat bad, you know, processed food, and they might categorize things: fasting, carnivore vegan, whatever it is. If you follow one of those, it's probably going to work to some degree, but how long can it work for? It's as long as you can sustain it. I like intermittent fasting for particular times. The body likes a reset of not having something to digest or to spike insulin, things like that. And so, and you do increase hunger hormone, um, but it's not a, a punch to lose a bunch of weight. Um, the whole concept behind that is they're narrowing the window to eat. You can only eat so much food in four hours, right? And so that you're just, it, all diets are just based on calorie reduction. Because if you do like a carnivore diet, have you guys heard of that before? It's just all meat. Yeah. You just limit your food items, so you just get tired of eating meat, and so you just don't eat that many calories. So I like fasting for when, let's just say Joe goes out at night on the town, and he just had a banger, and he is really, you know, he ate Sounds too like much. Sounds like him. Just like much. him. So you I you pick, know Joe, don't I you? Pick, <laughs> I don't know Joe. He's probably, man, you better be quiet. But, um, but just to give an example, one of us, like say you have a family reunion, you just eat a bunch of bad food. What I like to do is I like to try to push myself to anywhere from 12 to like 20 hours of not eating just to reset the button. That's what it's good for. Okay? <laughs> That's freaking terrible. I so, mean, it makes sense, but. Yeah. And, and you know, it's not for everybody, but I don't really do that much anymore because um, I don't have too much of this stuff going on. I eat pretty consistent. So I would just say, you know, when you say, well, what's the, the best diet? I mean, it's really just you know, what, what makes you feel good and what can you manage? It's okay to skip a meal. What I like to do, and you know, and Chris does this, is there's certain foods you're going to get in each day. You know, we know you get a bunch of water. You know, spirulina and corella, fish oil, wheatgrass, you know, a couple other foods that you want to get in every day, the cold oatmeal. If, if you do just that, if you had those three superfoods, the oatmeal and water, that's a good day. That's a good day. You know, I mean, if, imagine if everybody did that. It doesn't taste very good, but it's, no. a, it's a good day otherwise. You know, but I'll always get that in, even if I'm traveling, because I know I'm going to have something bad. And so yeah. it's about making sure, I think, it's not about avoiding the foods that aren't good. It's about making sure you get the ones that you need each day. And naturally, you'll, try, you'll start to avoid the other foods. You'll feel good because it has, gives you energy. You know, satiety is all about giving your body what it needs. And, you know, it's not about how much food you eat. We, we, we think eat full, we're good. You know, I can give you a handful of like nuts and seeds that's maybe two, three hundred calories. You eat those and drink, you know, 16 ounces of water, wait 10 minutes. Your body's going to say, I'm good. Yeah. I got some good stuff that I need. But we don't wait for that to happen. That doesn't sound very, you know, exciting. Um, but it's, I could eat a whole pizza no, at the time I eat the no. whole handful of that. You know, 
You know, so, <laughs> and, and people are like, well, you know, do you eat bad food all the time? You know, I, I indulge, you know, probably more than people think that I do. But again, the consistency and that compound effect of that, you actually create what's called metabolic flexibility. And it takes some time to get to get there. But what that really means in short is as long as you're doing the good stuff for a long period of time, if you eat some bad stuff, it's not going to affect you. Yeah. So. Are you participating in dry January? I'm always dry. So I do not drink. Constantly dry every month. That's why he can get up at wow. 3 o'clock in the morning. Yes. <laughs> hey. Are you? Maybe Carly, that's it. Carly, yep. are you? No. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing against it. My my wife does. You know, friends do. But, uh, oh, geez, about six, seven years ago, decided not to have kids. Mm-hmm. You know, stay busy. Can't get up at three fifteen. Once you no, like, s- once you like stop, like even with sugar, like I've tried to stop. Yeah. Like once you, then you don't crave it anymore. Yeah, when absolutely. you're like not doing it, so. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the big thing we'll see. You know, funny enough, you say the alcohol thing. I would say probably bes- number one is definitely consuming. You know, more calories than someone needs is a is one of the problems for losing body fat. Um, the second is alcohol consumption mm-hmm. um, because of just the neural effects it has. Um, you know, the metabolic effects it has, empty calories. You can still get in great shape and, and drink. There's not, I, there's not a problem with that. Um, but the, I see, you know, you just can't have a you know, bottle of wine every night and then say, well, I'm working out six days a week. Right. And we have that conversation. Yeah, yeah. You what know, if, what so, if you do it at the same time, though? <laughs> no, I can't do that. No, do not do that. Absolutely not. That's your (laughs) So. Oh my goodness. You know, and I'm all for those like challenge things. They do reset. I mean, I love those challenges. My I did work with a therapist. Said, "How about you this carnivore diet?" He said, "Do it for three weeks." And so I did it. I didn't like it, but I felt it. But I'm like, well, what was the point of it? You know, I'm just going to go back to what I'm doing. So I can appreciate the dry January, but what are you doing after that? And what did it do for you? Mm-hmm. You know, did it make you do better going forward or are you just going back at it? Had a, right. gr- had a yeah. great February. You know? <laughs> it's like, you know, extreme examples, biggest loser, you know, fun show yeah. in the first mm-hmm. three seasons. After that, it gets pretty old. But, you know, what are those people doing after? Well, unfortunately, they, they fail. So I, I'm that's why our, our gym doesn't do uh, any uh, challenges anymore. We did these 21 day challenges, this and that. What's the point? You know, the challenge is just every day. Yeah. It's a challenge every single day. You know, so you got to view it as that. I was shocked a couple of years ago. My wife and I tried Chris's um, 21 day that's, eat that, off the target challenge. That's, I would say that's a little different just because theirs is like just really choose high quality foods. Mm-hmm. And that's, I would say it's not a diet. I was, I was shocked at how like it was like four or five days in when all the sugar, all the stuff that I was eating was gone. Yeah, my it was like there were a couple of days of really feeling weird, like this is a, and I think it felt better once I got past it. But like I wanted to eat a de- like I would walk by anything. I have to eat that right now. I'm so starving. I just need to eat something sweet. You're very grouchy. Yeah, you were eating. Detox. I remember this well. Yeah, it's weird detox soups and stuff. Yeah. And I like that. But you know, basically what you were doing there is eating the food you're supposed to eat, but just not having any liberties, right? Yeah. And just even a, a liberty or two a day, kind of. Eases the eases the calm, right? Mm-hmm. And so your body's just trying to get rid of all that, and that's great. I mean, those are, those things can really help reset. But you're just it's not a I wouldn't call it a diet. You know, it's just a I'm just not going to have any junk, basically. I think we made it 13 days. We went skiing. That's good. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't do that. You can't diet when you're skiing. No, you can't. Better than zero. If you're a boiner or nubs knob, there's nothing on that center wheel, right? No. And you know, no. it's already you're already packing all your ski equipment, which is already a pain. So you're not going to pack any food, right? Yeah. You know. Unless you're me or Chris, maybe. We well, might. 
<laughs> well, Justin, I appreciate you stopping by, making the making the short trip over across downtown. Of course. Welcome to downtown. We're happy to have you, and uh, we're happy you were able to stop by the podcast. Yeah, uh, great. Hope I didn't talk too much. Oh, no, that's good. That's, that's why you're here. All right. We'll be right back. Tell them to bring out the lobsters. Tell them to bring out the lobsters. 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 Tell them to bring out the lobsters. <laughs> Whoever thought we get DJ, was it Khaled? Yeah. On the podcast. Man. Oh. I mean, we have a mixer here. Do you want to just freestyle for a minute? We should. Yeah. Lobsters. <laughs> lobsters. Lobsters. <laughs> lobsters. I no, think that, that's honestly better. You should probably get in the business with I, Owen. I should. So that that little interlude was that's uh, my Owen, my son, was working on that with his buddy. Apparently, they found this clip of DJ Khaled saying, "Tell him to bring out the lobsters," <laughs> and they they love it and they play it in class all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I bet and, their teachers love that. Yes, and then they started playing it at home, and we thought it was funny, and then Owen did that, and so I thought, well, you, "You send that to me. That's going on the podcast." Perfect. We didn't ask. We didn't ask the DJ's permission, so hopefully he's okay with us. Hopefully he doesn't listen and we better not get like sued for this. (laughs) DJ Cal's gonna sue you. Thanks. No more lobsters. Well, I thought it was appropriate too after talking to Justin about working out that we then transition to buttery lobsters and and all that. So yeah, I always feel a little better about myself talking to people like Justin and Chris Johnson about. How to be healthy? Yeah, I'm not sure really. It just, it just Why? Listen, you can kind of like soak it in. Yeah, just them, listening right? to it makes me feel a little bit better about things. <laughs> I always thought it's because you do the wheatgrass and you do the fish do oil and all the stuff that they tell you to do. I'm not going to get up at three o'clock in the morning to exercise. That's absurd. That's insane. Yeah, I'm not sure why you go to bed. No. Well, also he was like, but you know, I'm fine a couple days a week on just like six hours of sleep or less. Yeah. No. Well, I'm there's, not, oh, no, there's a couple days a week I work out at five. That's or not like healthy. I just sleep in. Isn't Robert up like <laughs> That's an hour not later than that? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? On Saturday night, he went to bed at eight thirty. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> On a Saturday. This is my life. Yeah. And I was alone, and then my dog was sleeping. <laughs> I wish I could do that. That sounds nice. <laughs> it was boring. When did he get up on Sunday? Did he get up because he went on to work out super early on Sunday? No, he was just really tired and then slept he slept like 10 hours which he doesn't usually do did he get up super early saturday morning no like whatever he got up at like seven or six okay. or something i don't i don't want to do the math iron like or something? 10 hours. He... <laughs> <laughs> i think it's because he doesn't get get sleep some all week he doesn't sleep all week because he gets up to work out yeah and what time does he go to bed he, and he's got to catch up yeah on the weekends nine ish nine ish and then he's up at lights like out by nine thirty. he's out or he's up by five. Okay. He's That's given really himself nice. a little bit more time in the morning. Okay. Mm. Anyway, well, point is sleep. Well, maybe important. he shouldn't listen to this podcast because if he if Justin inspires him to get up at three, yeah, you guys won't even have dinner together. He, prob- he probably won't <laughs> listen to it, so don't worry. 
Well, just tell him that DJ Khaled's on the on the podcast, and then maybe he'll listen. Will he, will he know who that is? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, well, it was cool to have Justin stop by. I know. It's yeah, a, he was good. And it's a cool place, so check it out. Um, I hope it. I'm just I'm just pulling for things downtown right now. I don't really care what it is if it's downtown. Yeah. I want it to yeah. want it to to work. As long as it's on empty abandoned storefront, then yeah, it's better. So mm-hmm. that's good. And we got a cool. We we need to talk. We haven't talked about this. The the shuffleboard court thing. Yeah, opening up. We gotta mm-hmm. go check that out. We gotta go do a lunch down there. We should do that. We should definitely do that. Group activity. It's open now. Maybe we should leave right now. Is that inside? Yeah, mm-hmm. the shuffleboard's outside. That's not. That actually be yet. nice because I want to yeah. go, but I also don't want to go, like right now. <laughs> when it, like I feel like it's gonna be need to really work out busy. some bugs really busy for yeah, and I just don't want to deal with it. But like, like at, at night at lunch, yeah. I bet it's probably nice. Yeah, yeah. That's well, where the city market was. Yeah, they got some a Thai place and an Italian place and a burger place. Oh, cool. So yeah, we'll check that out. We'll go, we'll go work out with Justin first, and then walk across the street, hit up the city market. <laughs> Yeah, probably not the other way around. Burgers. I think I'll just meet you at the food. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I know when we walk in, we can say, tell them to bring out the lobsters. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Justin Grinnell of State of Fitness. Check it out, Downtown Lansing. This is the Cold Oatmeal Podcast for Nikki, Carly, Joe. This is Matt. We'll talk to you next time. Bring, 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 la, 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 la